Hello, uh, I'm Ricardo Tegan. Hello, I'm Aurelien Villas. And this is The Recommendation Game. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. We are a weekly podcast where we take turns to pick a movie that the other person hasn't seen. Then we watch it separately and we meet to discuss it. This week's film was chosen by Orla McNeilis from the McNeilis clan from Donegal. Thank you. I have to explain the accent. Uh, <laughs> don't start with me. My... <laughs> uh, there is no explanation. <laughs> uh, as chosen by Orla, it is film stars Don't Die in Liverpool. The synopsis is Hollywood actress Gloria Graham finds romance and happiness with a younger man. But her life changes forever when she is diagnosed with breast cancer in the 1970s. I'd like how you did it backwards there. That was good. Well, like that's it. Oh, yeah. Thanks for telling people how <laughs> I... Just so I point out that you didn't print the things. I didn't print the things. <laughs> he didn't print the things. <laughs> it really does work for everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Love you, Rishi. Uh, the film was directed by Paul McGuigan. Produced by Barbara Broccoli. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? Broccoli? Barbara Broccoli is the producer of the James Bond movies. I'm not saying because of the name. I'm okay. not laughing at the name. I'm more like, <laughs> this is not in her wheelhouse, let's say. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty British. <laughs> like... uh, so produced by Barbara Broccoli and Colin Vines. Screenplay by Matt Greenhog. Based on film stars Don't Die in Liverpool by Peter Turner. Starring Annette Benning, Jamie Bell, Vanessa Redgrave, Julie Walters, Kenneth Graham, Stephen Graham, Francis Barber and Leanne Best. Music by Jay Ralph. Cinematography by Ula Ponticos and edited by Nick Emerson. And so, as it is tradition, Orla, why did you pick this movie? Uh, I, <coughs> I threw this on one evening because uh, it was one of the better looking films on Netflix. Uh, I, I was in it, but I was a bit down in the dumps, and uh, uh, it kind of it reminded me of how of whatever like. Um, I remember I was recovering from a breakup and uh, I put on um, uh, Inside Lou and Davis. Oh, yeah, that's the kind of movie that you really yeah, want to watch. For, on that. for some reason, it strangely cheered me up. And uh, What's the name of the, the town in Inside Lou and Davis? That, like, oh, he drives past? Yeah. Um, oh, is it is it like Lincoln or, or no? Um like I keep thinking of Scranton, but it's not Scranton. It's no. like it's one of those quintessential American yeah, names. where the the state always follows in your head. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I can't quite recall now, but a very poignant moment in that movie. But um, I can't. I kind of had the same with this, where you know the squat. This is not. This is not as 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 like depressing. Let's say objectively depressing as um, maybe than Sigley and Davis. I would say less cynical. <laughs> Well, yeah. But then anything is well, less cynical. Well, yeah. But at, first, at the same time, this also kind of like strangely cheered me up while also making me feel quite sad because it's quite a sad movie. Um, yeah, and it is quite sad, quite very melancholy. Um, but I, I really enjoyed watching it. Um, I definitely don't like... Um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a perfect movie. I, like, there's definitely problems with it. And, like, watching it the second time, I was like, yeah, no, like, the things that I thought were wrong with it the first time. Oh, God, Ricardo's giving me such a look. <laughs> oh, no. He's too tired to hide his, uh... My poker face is exceptional. Usually, usually it's exceptional. It's not exceptional today. Um... But uh, I feel like even if you don't like it at all, we definitely have something to talk about. Um, what I find really interesting is like shifting perspectives in portrayals of like relationships and breakups and stuff. Um, they're, they're always like just fascinating because it, it, they give you something that you don't get in life, which is like both sides of a story. You kind of like you're seeing like both perspectives or whatever. Um, Sorry but for what, the interruption because uh, it just made me think. Did you ever watch that movie that is like two separate movies and one each movie is a separate like the point of view of one of the couple, one side of the couple. The one with James we- McAvoy. Yeah. Oh, um, the disappearance of Eleanor Rugby. Um, and there's another one that is the yeah. point of view of Jessica Chastain's character. There was or something. actually there was three movies because. Oh, there was the combination and then the separate yeah, ones. Okay. Um, I think I watched the combination one. The combi pack. Yeah, I think so. I've, I've or maybe I can't remember. I've, I've definitely watched some part of it. I know it's. I have watched the mixed part because it is literally where you get the two sides of it. Um, yeah, not a brilliant film, but um, definitely very interesting. Even though I don't really like Jessica Chastain, but um. 
I really like James McAvoy and also Bill Hader's in that. Yeah. And uh, also very much like Kieran Hines, who plays his dad. Um, his deadbeat dad. But um, yeah, and like even something like... Um, Irish actors make the best dads. <laughs> even something like Five Times Two or, you know, just like break up backwards. And, yeah. You know, I just find that kind of like, you know, it, I find that very interesting. Um, I think what's interesting about this as well is... Um, it's it's very much like the book. The book is written by you know the actual Peter. Um, it's a it's a memoir. So the film leans much more like the book does from his perspective, which I think it's like it's a blessing and a curse. Um, you know, like it, this is it's not a deep dive into her and her past. And even though I think that like the film kind of marketed itself that way a little bit and I think a lot of people ended up very disappointed because it's not really about there's like that's it's that's part of it but it's not really about like you know it's more it sticks to like their relationship and it's only showing like her past and her past career and everything through like the movies that he watches of her so you get like one clip at the end but and like through other people's um one of the best Oscar speeches ever yeah <laughs> just walked off <laughs> thank but, you um, uh but you're only kind of seeing it through um what he sees which i find quite interesting so you're kind of getting like seeing her through his eyes which is interesting from like the perspective of this young man who didn't really like get like understand at the start like the sort of how important she was as an actress and stuff um and then it's not really until the end that you kind of um you get the, the thing kind of switches and you start to understand the other side of it where like and like her struggle with her illness and why she makes certain decisions and stuff um and what we get from Peter's perspective is like, is more like a portrayal of his reaction to this, her coming back into his life, rather than just the sort of like a portrayal of like her, like illness, um, which I think gives like Jamie Bell a lot more to do, um, which I think is like, God, Jamie Bell is so good. And he's one of those actors where like, I kind of forget about him because he's like I was trying to think of what else I'd seen him in recently like I was gonna mention that but like since you brought it up that I've always been surprised that Jamie Bell never got a crack at like the big time let's say that even in uh, the other films that we've like even the other film that we've done with him he's great and like Snowpiercer yeah. He's like, oh god, I've completely the for- baby that Chris Evans didn't eat. <laughs> I completely uh, forgot that Snowpiercer existed. But he's always like that, that the the secondary character, and the, mm. like in Jumper, he's like Hayden Christensen's friend, and like oh my god. even in the <coughs> Flags of Our Fathers, he's like Ryan Felipe's friend. He's always like the friend. Yeah, which is funny when you think of like um. You know, that he was such a breakthrough child star. And I think I was talking to my mum about this and she was saying, I think she read a book about him or something um, where he had a mentor. Some actor was a mentor to him when he was very young. I think possibly someone who was in Billy Elliot. Yeah. And um, it kind of shaped his career. And it, I think he ended up doing sort of like, you know, rather than becoming kind of like, you know, a young, handsome star, he sort of uh, took a slightly different Yeah, because path. even the, the main um, character roles that he does, like Hall and Foe and stuff, he never plays the sympathetic character, no. considering how much charisma he has. And uh, even in this, he's not like entirely, he's not entirely sympathetic. Like he's quite, you know, he's very like likable, but some of his reactions to how he deals with things and stuff. And like, it's it just, I find it like he's face and like he's just he plays like the vulnerability but like with a kind of you know obviously he's older than the part he's playing like he's not he's not he's supposed to be about 28 he's not 28 Jamie Bell is definitely older than that but um um (laughs) have you seen him he looks like shit (laughs) poor Jamie Bell no I'm just like counting the back or you know counting forwards from like 28 he looks ancient no but like no he looks you know he he looks 28 but i'm just saying that like you know he has like the gravitas let's say of someone who's like you know a mature performer like he, he really and like i it that means that like the film isn't completely dominated by annette benning who i think also gives a really really great performance like i just i love annette benning anyways and what i like about this is that it feels slightly against type because when i think of annette benning i like i particularly think of something like 20th century women or even something like um American Beauty or or like the kids are all right where she's playing like you know quite a flawed character but characters that often have a very like inner strength to them and they're often kind of like rebelling against like you know their femininity or you know it's 
what I liked about this is it felt like something quite different for her and I thought like I it just was so interesting and um so I think that like the like focusing on the relationship so much um like it they have so much chemistry and like it's so depressing to <laughs> not agree um the, <laughs> sorry I'm just reading into your face um it's it's depressing it's kind of like how whenever we watch something and we're like oh my god it has a strong female character but it is depressing that there are so few films that have like a person of like you know even in their 40s or you know never mind like she's supposed to be in her 50s in this having a relationship at all it's like what viola davis said about widows there's like this is a movie that opens with a woman that is in her 50s and black in this case yeah having a really sensual kiss yeah with somebody with a dude it's like queen yeah yeah and it's somehow not steve mcqueen (laughs) with liam neeson yes As in director Steve McQueen. I know, but like I just me- want to make the point because if you don't know that it's directed by Steve McQueen, it's very creepy that it starts with her kissing. Who would you rather kiss, Liam Neeson or, or the Steve ghost of Steve McQueen? <laughs> we need to ask Viola Davis that. Um, but uh, yeah, it is depressing that um, that that's something that we have that see that seems so rare. But it's the fact that like you know obviously there's a scene where she gets quite upset because she feels that you know he says the wrong thing and whatever but um i don't feel like the film is like you know judging their relationship it's more it's less about age and more about you know the fact that she's kind of a disaster as a human more than anything else and that like he's only she's only going to kind of you know according to like her family or whatever that like she's only going to steer him wrong it's not you know rather than like them being surrounded by people who are disapproving of the age gap or whatever and like I do think that they like that that first kiss is so great and like it came out of nowhere and I was like oh yeah like I shipped this so hard um and like they they have like proper like you really like believe the the like the why they they don't just have like an affair why she goes back to him and like um i really like that like it's a film that kind of like talks about like the comforts and like comfort and you know comfort in other people and what you get from people and how they begin to feel like your family and you know like that she goes back to him and his family and like back it's about like you know the comfort of place and wanting to go back to liverpool and and you know i i um i really like the way they they move like through time and memory and you know like ropey green screen society um i do think it, it looks wonderful and like it's not like over reliant on period detail like an awful lot of this kind of like indoors or whatever but like you you know just there's little things i love like the like what like his clothes because he's quite it's quite simple like she's quite glamorous she's quite old school glamorous in a lot of her outfits she look you know even whenever it's in the 70s or whatever she doesn't look like she's in the 70s um and uh i just i i just i, I love looking at everything in this movie and um like i love like um <clears throat> It's sort of like so much of this is memory that like the present time or like the sort of present tense of the film, let's say, like so much of it is kind of like, like the past has been like told through sort of like, you know, the few select flashbacks, but then like a lot of it's sort of like told through, you know, like stories and stuff like the scene in the pub when he's there with his dad. I love that scene so much. Just like of him saying like, you know, we never, you know, like of how odd it was that this woman came into their lives and. And, you know, how whenever she turns up, how they all hug her and everything, that it's like, it's weird, but it's that she's come home, sort of, that they've, you know, and that you don't even really see much of that in the past. You don't really see her, you know, like young in the past or whatever. It's all sort of like on Jamie Bell's face. And I think that the contrast between past and present Jamie Bell is quite interesting. The way he does that, he doesn't like this or look different because not that much time has passed. It's only two years. Yeah, not that much time has passed, but like that he kind of carries the weight of and I, oh, I just love Jimmy Bell so much but um give me a bell hey, hey. Uh, I love the soundtrack as well like that Elvis Costello song um at the end is just oh I love that song. there's uh, another Elvis Costello song as well in the middle of the movie yeah somewhere. like he goes for a jog or whatever yeah are. yeah like I really I really like the I really like the soundtrack um so yeah like um 
I just, I, I, it's a very like warm film, um, but also quite heartbreaking, and it is, it swings very, it is very bittersweet, and um, yeah, I just, I really liked it, and I, it kind of like it surprised me in some ways, which I quite liked, and um, I was really, <laughs> well, I, I was happy whenever you were like, I was gonna watch that, I was like, yay, uh, but yeah, so Ricardo, what did you think of this movie? Okay, uh, first of all, two points of order in the case oh, of. God. Um, little things that I want to break up. Uh, one of them is the movie that Gloria Graham won the Oscar for, The Bad and the Beautiful. Mm. I actually watched that with Alex, uh, like last year or something. Oh, really? And uh, we were like so excited to watch it because it's one of Martin Scorsese's favorite films, and like she won the Oscar for it. And it's like Vincent Minnelli, which is a director I really like like prime time Kirk Douglas yeah all of this in the movies it's like a piece of shit oh it's dear. so bad it's like I've never been so disappointed like watching bad. like a, as in like terrible to, like oh, it, halfway through the movie I was like we were talking through the movie and yeah. like me talking through a movie then I realized Alex went home it's like oh we haven't been paying attention to the movie it's like yeah because I was bored oh no it's like one of those films that like things that is cle- more clever than what it is. It's, what year is that? It's like 57 or something. It tries to do the the flashback kind of thing like Citizen Kane. But yeah. then it just becomes episodic and you know how it's going to end because it's flashing back to people meeting up about talking about Kirk Douglas, basically. Uh. So like, but like being offered to work with him again. Did they go, oh, I'll never work with him because he did this. And then it cuts to a flashback of wh- how he wronged them. So then, like, even in the flashback, you know, he's going to wrong them in a way. And the film never makes it, like, that kind of interesting thing that it could be that he didn't do something too bad. It's just that they think that he wronged them. Mm. It's more that he's a piece of shit. Like, even he admits that he's wrong. But he goes, oh, yeah, but if you want to make movies, you have to work for me. So it's kind of like so uninteresting, or whatever. It's really weird. Oh god! But like at the same is she time, good? like did she deserve the Oscar? Yeah, she's all right. But like, I think that like all the characters are basically just like people that are like different. Oh yeah, I'm the artist. I'm the woman. I'm the friend. Kind of thing, you know? Like the. I'd love to know what else she like who she was up against that year. And she well, like in the end of the the credits, there like uh, they they tell you who. Uh, in that credit scene, I can't remember who the uh, in the old school way, also they instead of telling you what director is the studio, yeah, because it's oh, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like <laughs> twenty MGM, 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 <laughs> yeah, geez, different times. And uh, the other thing is that seldom I didn't realize this before you picked a movie, even though like I had an interest of in watching the movie. But when I found out who directed this, seldom have I uh, had so. Like I think this is probably the the film that I went to watch from the podcast with the least like expectations from the movie because Paul McGuigan is one of the worst directors working in Hollywood. Like from the director of I Frankenstein. Is that that guy? Yeah. <laughs> he made I Frankenstein oh and God. then he made this. I like, did not know that. I was like, I am like. <laughs> The, his, oh his filmography is full of like revelation or whatever it's like terrible movies <laughs> that is when your best movies british gangster number one is like okay there's something wrong there <laughs> he's scottish i think uh and i was like he signed scottish I was like, oh, gee, I was like, what, what did I agree to? Because his films usually is not that they're just bad. They're badly made, usually. Yeah. That's what surprised me at this movie, how well made that is. Like, the transitions within, like, time and stuff, like... At times, a little bit too underknown inspirations, like the little yeah. spikely shot I didn't quite appreciate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I just like the the way it just it blends i yeah like, like it, it, in yeah. parts like when it's, it's yeah. when it's th- th- linking thematically mm. it's kind of like especially the the best one of them all is when they're in the beach and yeah. he walks towards the screen and then closes a door behind him and yeah, he's somewhere it's else really nice and some panning shots and stuff so like uh, no i'm saying that mo- 
uh, for most of it, I did enjoy the style. Like in cinematographers, right? I actually enjoyed the artificiality of the green screen. And I think the oh, it, it, but, but it's such a point. It, it yeah, yeah, I think add, that yeah. is a, like a, yeah, a like, feature rather yeah, than yeah, because especially uh, like thing, that yeah. sunset, like whenever yeah. they're sitting and they're having the dinner, like that was great. I yeah. love that. Like, like it looks like fucking the ending of contact yeah. like i was expecting like <laughs> they should have sent a it poet is. but i just i love it because it has that thing of that like it's supposed to be a memory as yeah. well so you know what i mean like you get away with things at like being strangely otherworldly and uh it has to be said that stephen graham in this movie looks like fucking stephen ray so much with like the hair yeah the Okay. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I. I love him though. I just. Yeah. I, he's like. I love because he turns up with things like Tinker Tailor Soldier well, like, Spy, he, or he's just like Jimmy Westaby or whatever. His I name. love him since Bando Brothers. That like he's in Bando Brothers. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's one of the soldiers because like everybody Everybody's started. Yeah, like <laughs> Michael Fassbender, the, the James McAvoy, fucking <laughs> Simon Pegg. Oh yeah, Jesus. We have to rewatch Bando Brothers. Yeah, oh yeah, my like, god. I really think about Bando Brothers the other day. I think because it was like something with Winter's throat showed up somewhere and uh, I was like fuck what a show oh, I had such a strong like desire to watch it and I was like I can't just like put it on by myself that would feel very wrong it's one of those shows you know like uh, every so often when I'm in work I just quote Band of Brothers it's like <laughs> when we're talking about like a dude that is like a good leader and I just went the amazing thing wasn't that he made contact with Fox Company the amazing thing was that he came back and in my head is like the spear song the <laughs> da, 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 da. I have a dun, 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 your man who dun. played spears also yeah. played someone in he was the dad of gossip care yeah. I, on one of my old phones I have a message saved from Claire Gleason where it's like now I realize why I always liked Rufus Humphrey despite his drippy personality yeah. <laughs> it's because he spears with the run the run man. the weird like Tom Cruise run I know, it's even better. It's like a little... Yeah, it's more like an Al Pacino Carlitos way run. Yes. The little kind of... Yeah, shoulder yeah. movements. They, it's like, run with your shoulders, then the rest of your body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> run from the knee down. He literally looks like an action figure. That yeah. they, they didn't give him enough mobility. Like, you know, like one of those cheap 70s action figures. Um, but I, I, I love Julie Walters, like... Obviously, yeah. uh, like, uh, and I did really enjoy also the the background, uh, the idea that they don't show their first in- introduction because it would never have been able to live up mm. with them for with her returning to their life the way that she does. Yeah. And I do think it's also a benefit for the film that you never doubt the uh, how genuine their relationship is. Mm. That would have been easier. That like easier it would have been easy for the film uh, to just. It's quite hard to make something that like it feels so full, like open in the relationship kind of thing. That mm. there's especially when it's like that kind of May November different uh social um social levels etc that it never feels at any point that anybody's playing the other party for anything besides like love and sex and all mm. of that kind of thing all that those it, nice things yeah like uh, and i did like how like the sex is played normal like, yeah it's just sex but it feels very intimate like it's yeah but what i mean is that it doesn't is both frequent but not gratuitous Mm. like romantic but not unrealistic it's kind of like it threads a fine line that is good like i I do think that the movie has a lot of issues but uh the main thing that i was looking for in this film was to make me cry and it did so like i can forgive everything else did you cry out of curiosity? Uh, like uh, I kind of started with the Romeo and Juliet bit in the theater, yeah. but like that was more like love. <sighs> but she's just—it's uh, what I what I love about that is that it's the kind of scene that could have been very like yeah. you know movie cancer, and it's yeah. the fact that afterwards she just slumps and she's yeah. like, "I need to go home now." Like it's the bit that I the did get me though because of the fragility of it all it's not even the dialogue or anything in the end it's just when he puts her in the taxi and it's that kind of like four o'clock in the morning kind of thing the you know like they really captured that feel of like 
going like waking up early just to catch a flight yeah like it felt so, weirdly real but movies don't get that right you know that kind of everybody's kind of like you're not groggy. awake really. yeah. yeah you're kind of like everybody's <laughs> just pretending to like be all right because you know have to go kind of thing uh and the, I, I like the detail even like, something that i couldn't stress this enough how different this movie is with your last pick uh, like, uh, in the sense of every side character feels like a full person in this movie mm. even like uh Stephen graham's wife eileen the uh, like she even goes to visit them in new york or whatever that she goes oh yeah he goes has that scene in the casino with her and yeah. etc that oh, even that's such a great scene yeah like it's the every, the 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 pieces surrounding the main actors even like i love vanessa redgrave and the mm. the sister like because the sister is just a cunt but like <laughs> this is one of the few times that that, that word can be used if at that i'm not gonna defend it i take it back yeah you should uh, <laughs> my apologies she's a bit of a piece of shit oh, she's a piece of work yeah she's a piece say. of work but i was surprised like the the heel turn the vanessa like pure wrestling move you know like that moment that is like i am the hero and then as soon as the like the, the only the audience can hear is like but really i'm the villain <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. Dun. then it's like my head is like never to trust with Vanessa Redgrave it's like Robbie died septicemia <laughs> <laughs> Robbie died of septicemia <laughs> like uh, I, uh, I, I was like talking to, to Alex about Atomic she started we watching need to do she, she started watching it the other day and I was like oh I'm gonna ask her like how she what she felt at the movie the next day and she goes I shouldn't have watched that movie by myself uh, no it's so bleak <laughs> yeah it's so bleak like oh my god Ian McEwen is a like he's a horrible person <laughs> such a good movie though yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like uh, yeah never choose Vanessa Redgrave ever like uh, <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, like, uh, I really like that scene and also, like, the the little part that she's trying to impress him all the time. That it's mm. like, oh, I lived to, used to live next to Bogey and stuff like that. Uh, um, but, yeah, like, I do have uh, issues with the movie. Like, mainly, like, but they're not, like... Which like I said about romantic comedies, that is like I I I thought of the issues more than anything because <clears throat> they're there and we're a podcast that dissect movies, so they have to be mentioned. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't care about them because the movie did its oh, job. Good. Kind of thing that it's like I'm sorry, like you really can't read my face because you're like no. you hated it. I don't you know. You it. just you looked so like. Yeah, but um, no, that's because it's kind of how I felt because the first time I watched it, I had a very like strong response to it. And then I went to watch it the second time and I was very afraid because I was like, I'm going to dissect this and is it going to ruin it? And then afterwards I was like, nope, like it's it's I still had the same well, like, don't think warmth it, of it, it did its job. But, but at the same time, it didn't blow me away mm. in the way that it could have. And I don't think that it's like because it has issues like it's more than. In some ways, it doesn't stick the landing, but it's like those things that I don't know how to fix it. It's just that sometimes you get a, like that I cried, mm. but like there's movies that are like less dramatic than this that make me like crawl into a little ball and like be destroyed. You know, yeah. like I'm not saying because not comparing to it because example incomparable, but like Iron Giant. Every time that I watch Iron Giant, no, Jesus, Iron um, Giant is heartbreaking. No, that's though. what I mean. In that, like Iron Giant, it, it's but like it's a perfect movie. Very but, different film. Yeah. But what I mean is that there's movies like that that is mm. like equally small story, like blown up, but it's a small story. It's the friendship between a boy and his alien robot or whatever mm. and watching it, it literally like i i finished watching iron giant and it's like i need uh yeah. i need that's, time that's like 80 minutes long like, or something. Uh, it's ridiculous like the, the the this is the thing it's like for example like i don't think it's one of the best pixar movies but coco made me fucking weep for like about half an hour mm. like non-stop which was like insane. Like I started and I wouldn't stop. Like, but I think that like even a good example though is like fucking uh, dear Zachary or whatever. Like oh. fucking 
that movie I started crying within like 15 minutes oh, I didn't stop until the end Jesus what I mean is that like this movie could like shouldn't be done that way but like Coco is probably the, the better example in that there is a movie that in its own ways has flaws and stuff like mm. that I've never seen Coco like it's brilliant like it, I really really enjoy them what it does it's so unique and so good mm. and the way that it makes you like the moments that make you cry are like so earnest and honest and like interesting because it's saying more than one thing at once mm. so it's like it's still storytelling through the, it's not like a punctuation like here that is like an exclamation mark mm. and i think that perhaps that's like those scenes are the moment that you get to, like yeah. I, I think that the movie the crucible is terrible like the the one with uh, daniel day lewis and went on a writer but i still fucking get destroyed at the end because it's such a like you it puts you in that position of even though you're not in that position the movie mm. does enough daniel day lewis does enough that do you know the end of the crucible no okay i'm not gonna ruin it for you but there's a moment that like daniel day lewis makes you cry and it's a decision that he makes and it makes you think about that decision while you're watching it and you're like don't do it but at the same time it's like if you don't do it you're not the character that i like mm. kind of thing so it's like this strange dichotomy kind of that the best like even in the heartbreaking stories that i like in romance uh what would be a good example for a romance that did that i was actually for some reason thinking about their finest while i was watching this the yeah. other day and like how i remember whenever we first watched that and um you know you were in a real kind of like you know british um period drama romance type you know and we were watching like endeavor and multiple other things and then we watched that and we were like what <laughs> like, i love that movie what? you know just horrified this is bullshit oh my god i'm gonna watch that tonight um <laughs> Such a good movie. and i put it on again and i actually then got the full weight of everything afterwards and when she goes to the cinema and everything and i was like oh. i saw like, a, <laughs> like something that i like i loved about the movie is that Everybody that complain about it, including yourself, is like, yeah, but they didn't learn his death. And it's like, that's the point. Yeah. That it's like, the point of the movie, like, in the war story that they're telling you is that death, or in, especially in wartime, mm. like, life doesn't fit a narrative kind of thing. That Just it, speaking of, like, armistice and all that stuff, um, the BBC podcast, um, seriously, they did. Um, they it's all it's just seriously. Well, it's just like seriously. Seriously, they're seriously interesting stories, and that it's just it's it could be anything, and um, it's really really good. But um, they this guy um wrote an album. Um, he's like a musician or whatever, and he tends to pick a theme and write an album around. And um, he started reading about um, oh god, is it Miracle Villages or um, yeah, basically like after um, World War One, they were like small villages around um england that managed where all the men came home yeah um i guess it blessed it's something like blessed villages or miracle villages i can't remember so there's something like i think 40 of them or something in the whole of the british isles and um so he like uh journeyed around talking to the people from the places and made an album around it but it was like it was such a like small little concept of like the idea of like a place that felt so blessed because so many people died and it was such a beautiful idea. I was like, that's unreal. And he, so it was like half audio, half music, half recording outside, half like unreal. I was like, that, that is like a way. Seriously good. Yeah. Like that's a way to like, you know, all these decades later to like be able to delve into something that's so incomprehensible and like, but do it in such a like small way. It was like, <laughs> I was like, I was walking to work and I was like, fuck, that's good. But, um, we, anyways we've gone way off but um not entirely though because yeah you know like it's so, yeah what's well, things like that as well like so much of that being about like memory and talking to the like descend you know it, it's uh, like it's I, I just i love how this handles memory in the past and yeah like something that we hit upon so often but, it, but what i like about this is that it's it's their past if you yeah. know what i mean it's not like you know per grand hollywood career it's it's their past and small it's not but in the, two of the issues and maybe like it affected how they hit me the film but at the same time i didn't equate it to that let's say yeah 
structurally i think that the idea of the memories or whatever i liked but i didn't like that it kept coming back to the present to the present yeah and uh, mainly because like it keeps remi- reminding you and showing you gloria in the weaker stage yeah so even though it adds slightly more uh, gravitas for when she's youthful and running around that already was done in the in the prologue let's say until she gets to his house and is sitting down oh, or whatever God, i love that opening scene uh and uh and they've done the heavy lifting of the the parents etc and even though i love the scenes with them mm. they're all repeating the same thing it's like yeah. the family should be notified or whatever and takes away from then the 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 pacing they of the they could have the taken one of those out yeah and put another one in from the past well, like i think that it would have been more like better served kind of thing that it shows all the the memories in the background not cut those scenes out that then mm. just come back to like that the the part in the present let's say at the end is actually most of the flashbacks as well like not intercutted as much mm. because then that would have much more of a punch because it's inescapable yeah that it's giving you a little escape there that is like she's feeling mm. horrible whatever then it's like oh look, look how great she was and then it makes you forget that she's ill and then it comes back and it's like and you're never long long enough there to to feel that weakness you know like the, mm. the especially when it's like somebody as vibrant and like uh as vibrant and v- lively as she used like she was like even two years before yeah the the descent into the shell of a person let's say is so abrupt and like terrifying but also inescapable mm. that it it, it would have like even highlighted even more like it would have landed even with a bigger gut punch when she says that she didn't do chemo because she didn't want to lose her hair mm. because suddenly it's like you're cutting the from you're cutting there like after you haven't seen for hour like for a, almost an hour her in the weekend state going like but you still lost the beauty or whatever yeah without it was it's it just, really worth it yeah yeah yeah, I know what you mean. I think like I like what I like about um the the scenes of her um when like I think it is a structure problem because I think you do need to show the present kind of as much as they do. And I think that at certain points they're more successful with it. Like say the scene where she's singing and yeah. she like gets up and she has all her things and everything and it's kind of like you know, sort of a mirror to the opening scene and you know it, it's oh god it's so i love the way they shoot the bedroom yeah because it's so dark but like and so like 80s liverpool it's but uh, for example the the scene when he goes for a drink or whatever you don't like f- sympathize with him then yeah because you're not in that room for long enough in a row to feel that of like yeah you're flipping oh, you back to get and forth out. too much yeah. yeah and also two things just to finish my really rambling kind of thing <laughs> uh we have had digressions is that Matt benning is so good in uh american beauty mm. that i've she made me hate her because I hate that character. <laughs> like, I despise everything about that character. <laughs> and uh, which is like the interesting thing that is like the uh, of what that movie does. Like, now obviously it's a different well, factor because yeah, it's hard to. Yeah. But like, it's the idea that the person that is technically kind of right can be wrong because of the way that you behave yeah and the person that is and wrong that, because, because of her what her ideals are yeah like what you know is that everything is like oh, perfection has to be like I set will, whatever i will sell this house today and it's her life and whatever and i and every time that i watch and the problem is that the film the next film that i watched with her because i kind of avoided her a bit, that i remember no i saw no I lie. I think she is in the siege, the Ed Zwick movie with uh, Denzel Washington about uh, terrorist attacks in New York 
pre 9 11, which is like very strange to watch nowadays. Yeah. Because like it has like concentration camps and stuff with uh, like Muslims and stuff. Like Ooh. very prescient. prescient. Like, Ed Zewick, like the guy that did Last Samurai, and uh, oh, in the, the the movie where fucking Meg Ryan has the helicopter, uh, helicopter pilot. Pilot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he directed that. <laughs> Meg Ryan's uh, helicopter he uh, <laughs> directed Lo- uh, was that that one with Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Anne Hathaway. The oh, Love Oscar. and Other Drugs. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, that's such a bad movie. Where she has like Huntington's or something. He's one of these like workman directors that he does. Like he did Glory, like the Civil War oh, movie, yeah. with, and he did also what was the other one that he did that was. Uh, he did Legends of the Fall, you know, the Brad Pitt movie, yeah, Rathen, yeah. Hawkins. I quite like that movie. It's like a guilty pleasure. It's terrible, <laughs> but it's amazing. It's like, Very early to noughties. be a bear. <laughs> he always wanted to be a bear. And I am an Indian guy, which is only really a bookmark in the story. But, um, wow. Okay. Late stage Cormac McCarthy. Uh, but uh, you have that. And then he did Truth like Love no and Other Drugs. He did fucking Last Samurai, which is great, but he also did Jack Reacher two, which oh, is no. the the lesser of the, the two Jack Reacher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on, I uh, don't understand. <laughs> oh, waste the bullet. Um, so like he he's an odd, uh, an odd director, like one of these jobbing directors that goes in and out. But what was my point? Annette uh, Benning in the siege. Annette Benning, yeah, she, she is in the siege. Uh, but she's kind of unrecognizable because like she's so young in it and also pre being Annette Benning kind of mm. thing the person and then I I saw The Kids Are Alright and it's a movie that I deeply despise <laughs> uh, I hate that I movie I don't so mind much. that movie I just uh, love all the actors though I think it's probably I, the that's, thing. that's part of why like, it's but like, they're all just horrible people why and also like <laughs> why the, like what when fucking what's fake Josh Ruffalo. Hutchinson or whatever the like oh, from God, Hunger yeah. Games, I would ask Mark Ruffalo, Julia, Julian Moore, and fucking Annette Benning is like the director didn't do his job. <laughs> uh, it's just like an odd movie. It, it makes me feel so uncomfortable. I don't know why. I, no, I, it is an odd movie. Like, like I, I just, I, I just don't like it. I just don't like it. Uh, it's like that piece of food that you're given as a child, <laughs> and you have no excuse not to like it. You, and you just go, don't. Yeah. I just don't like broccoli. It just like it broccoli. just touches your tongue and you're like, <laughs> and um, so like it's this weird thing with Annette Bening that is like I love 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 yeah like uh, I think it was if not my favorite film of that year one of like everything about that movie uh, uh like like even like Billy Crudup finally in another good I movie know. and everything is like so bad yeah, for him it's like, like what oh, the fuck happened to Billy yeah, Crudup he showed his blue penis in the Watchmen <laughs> <laughs> definitely his the penis. dong um, uh, yeah, uh, God. the, the biggest atomic <laughs> it's so funny like whenever you watch something like Almost Famous and you look at everyone who's in that movie and it's like what happened like you know, it's like Jimmy Fallon had the most successful career out of everyone yeah. in that movie. Another man like, that is in Band of Brothers. <laughs> is he? Yeah. Oh my He's God. He's the guy that comes comes out, like, shows up in the last minute before they're going into Bastogne. And he comes in with a jeep full of ammunition. And it's like, you guys are brave to go in. Blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, I'll try to make another run. I'm Captain Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jimmy Stewart is a big daddy, so yeah. I mean, like people do weird things, but um, <laughs> and uh, like they usually have to like even John in... Stewart. Did I say Jimmy Stewart? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, the ghost of Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> this is a very spooky episode. Uh, well, 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 well. <laughs> oh goodness, no! Um, yeah. <laughs> back to Annette Bening in um, 20th Century Woman. That even in that movie, I have to like fight my because like I've watched American Beauty so many times. Uh, but I think that she I g- is kind of like there's things to dislike about her character in 20th Century Woman, and yeah, she but, she has there's something. No, but that, I mean like that. Uh, it's even before the character does anything. I'm like. Like, it's almost a, like this weird thing that is like some actors, like even male actors, I'm not saying this just because she's a woman that you're, when I link them to a character that I dislike and I only seen that character for a while, 
when I start watching other things, I start uh, like maybe that's what happened to me with Anna Kendrick. I just hate her so much. Like it's but but the thing with Annette Bening is that I she's such a good actress that she bypasses that. Yeah. But even the, it never resets it, never resets the clock. And then it's like Sam I know Mendes, th- you have a lot to answer for. And I know that I'm not gonna yeah fucking the way we go. Uh, <laughs> well done, sir. I applaud you because that was very good, even though you're dead to me. Uh, uh, <laughs> you can zing, but you can also zing the fuck out of my flat. But, uh, but yeah, like I think that she's fantastic in this, and that she captures like uh, uh, Gloria Graham's uh, like essence more. It's not an impersonation. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that the biggest problem that I felt with the movie is biopic fatigue, almost. Yeah, it's uh, it doesn't do in like. It's not doing anything different. Yeah. Definitely not. But then at the same time, it's like, I don't know if I like this movie as much as I did because I had such low expectations because I've actually seen I Frankenstein. And it's like, because like I watch terrible movies sometimes to feel good about myself. Hey, there's only one reason why I know that Jim Stewart was that Jim Stewart, John (laughs) Stewart was in Big Daddy. It's not even Jimmy Stewart, just Jim. There's only one reason why I know that and can like capture, can, can, you know, like produce that thought out of nowhere. Um, (laughs) Yeah. What was your favorite thing? I like the relationship, but I think maybe Jamie Bell, because it's not that I ever thought he was going to be bad, but he's just so great. And it, it's, you know when someone just sort of pops up and you're like, Jesus, where have you been? Like, why like why is it that you're not getting the big roles? You know what I mean? Like, why is it that even even say that he gets, like, a Marvel and then can do... You know what I mean? I, I don't know if he's just at an awkward age or... It's kind of, but, like, at the same time, like, he's the same age as James McAvoy. And, like, mm. you think... Like, I like James McAvoy, but you think it's, like... How can I put it? Is that James McAvoy has never surprised me. No. And uh, Jamie always, Bell has. Yeah. And I always felt that like any role that James McAvoy was cast in, that Jamie Bell could have played that character as well. Yeah, but like Because better. they have very similar kind of <laughs> That's a good range point, kind of thing. Yeah. But it's just an example. And like I said, I love uh, James McAvoy. And I do think that like it's more that he directors keep him safe somehow like the mm. they he's never in a movie that he has to swing for the fences kind of thing so i don't know where the fences is for him yeah yeah i know what you mean like even in that that um disappearance of eleanor rigby thing like it doesn't feel like more than what he had to do in something like atonement or yeah you know yeah because he's great like he always does like goes beyond the material yeah. But it never feels like he's stretching his legs. But also, like, if you compare that to another alumni of, like, Marvel or whatever, that is, like, Michael Fassbender, like, mm. he, James McAvoy doesn't have a shame. You no, know? not at all. He doesn't have a, a Macbeth. He doesn't have a... No, because even, like, he's done sort of, like, you know, something well, like technically, filth sorry. or Technically, split. James McAvoy has a Macbeth, and it was the first thing that I watched him in. Which was uh, the BBC? There was a BBC series that they were uh, uh, for like three or four seasons uh, doing three feature-length retellings of Shakespeare, but set nowadays. Oh. And they did Macbeth, but instead of kings, it was chefs. <laughs> so he kills a chef. Like James, Duncan is a chef. And James McAvoy is in it. Yeah, he's Macbeth. He plays. That's quite. That's quite appropriate though yeah you know it's actually genius and like uh, his wife like lady macbeth is like the person that runs the restaurant so like it has a reason yeah. for her to be like feeding him because yeah. like they need to make the, the money whatever that's that's brilliant yeah it was actually quite enjoyable like yeah. uh everybody's like your man from shameless <laughs> like your man from kitchen macbeth <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite thing uh, my favorite thing, I think that uh, because it encapsulates everything about their relationship, whatever, mm. it's one moment is when <laughs> she says something about uh, uh, 
maybe of going out for a drink or something about oh when he says i have a better ass than uh, john travolta yeah and she goes i've noticed and there's a little moment that is jamie bell clocking the things changed in the room with that phrase i I think she gets up to leave then doesn't she or something well like in that moment like i don't know exactly afterwards because it it just got me up because it's a look it's that kind of like very subtle kind of yeah i call it a wrong livingston moment okay from what well like ron livingston has made a living like uh being the guy that can do like little thing like super small things to change like in, like in band of brothers when uh uh fucking winters tells uh sobo to salute him he does have a great face like he doesn't even smile but he smiles yeah you know what i mean and but smile with a very sardonic kind of thing and then shakes his head but almost doesn't mm. you know like this little the but it it calls attention to it because it's so small. Yeah. And Jamie Bell does that in that scene that it's almost like just cocking in your head and changing. Like that you can... It's one of those pieces of acting that it's not doing much, but you can feel like it becomes only... The character becomes a real person. Yeah. Because it's, you it's know such a natural little... Just based off of that. Yeah. yeah. And it's so natural as well. It's not acting. Mm. It's just... It's like something that... For example, like whatever you can say about Tom Hardy, but he has like loads of those little moments oh. in Raven in the the Ravenous, is it? no, the Revenant. Yeah. But like, but DiCaprio is just look. I'm acting. I'm crawling towards my Oscar. I actually oh. did crawl along this. And it was Let horrible. me spit a little bit more. And we were did only I, did I spit enough for an Oscar? I think you spat on my glasses. <laughs> oh yes. Uh. <laughs> bullseye oh my god ew <laughs> what was your least favorite thing I think that it was like the the structure of the film I think that it would have had a bigger impact at the end mm. if like you just see her go in to the house and then do all the past flashback and then come back Yeah. because then it would have been like such a like turning on the lights and turning off kind of thing like and if they had pottered the thing around, like let's say of him doing the investigation of what's going on with her or whatever, yeah. that she was off screen, so you don't know how bad it is, kind of thing, you know. But almost that, uh, like you can't take the prologue out because otherwise, uh, the 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 past it loses some of its uh, like uh, depth, let's say, or weight mm. more than anything. But I don't think that. Even though the transitions are really cool and stuff like when he's going through doors and padding and stuff. But mm. I think that it doesn't do enough for the film to like when it's structurally doing something like that. That is like back and forth. It has to do enough to warrant to be there. And I think that it almost does, but not quite. Mm. But like it'll be either that or also like I think that that we didn't mention but it kind of you can tell the the guy that is the main character in the movie wrote the the book that this is based oh, on yeah because it completely blazes over the past relationships that she had mm. and also the the really creepy woody allen thing going on that yeah. i just kind of oh yeah i love you so it's all grand now mm. like there's a discussion there like yeah. I don't believe that he just went. I love you. It's fine. Yeah. It's like, when did you fall in love with the person? Because it, it's made clear really that she was her stepmom when he was like very much a minor. Not. Yeah. So it's kind of very strange. Mm, and they just kind of glaze over it. Yeah, mm. and I think that it's like to be honest, since like if you're making the point. That it was nothing wrong because it's glazed over, mm. and since nobody really knows, fucking, like, I I don't believe anybody fucking putting Netflix to go, yeah, but Gloria Green fucking married her <laughs> steps that like the, you didn't need to bring it up. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's if just, you're not gonna delve into yeah. it, yeah, like it would have been like, and the 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 sister could have acted the same way and say about like, oh, you. 
you're barely older than her son mm. like uh, her because that's enough her other husband like... was as young as you are so she's just like mm. keeps replacing that's enough like and also because he has no link towards like that you know like it's not story-wise he's yeah. not her stepson so it doesn't make any yeah it's almost just to make it even more brutal that yeah, scene yeah. or something yeah and, and don't doubt that it was mentioned mm. in that dinner like what i doubt is that they're like no that reaction it's so like it. yeah. fucking glazed <laughs> over you know um i think what's your least favorite thing it's kind of hard to know i uh, i think that I think that this movie could have been... It's kind of like you were... I don't know exactly what it is that would make this brilliant. Like, I think it's really good. But it it could have been... It could have been someone. It could have been yeah, a contender. It could have been a contender, you know? And But at the same time, I I think that it does hold itself together because there's so, yeah. the, it gets the fundamentals really right. And But it is just that... It, there are little disappointments there, you know. I, I think it's, uh, uh, in a way, like, uh, even discussing one of those things that, like, I didn't know why, but thinking about it, hmm. it's kind of that, it's the, because of the story that it is based on, it's not, like, a fictitious story. So there's, for the film to be brilliant, it has to be a different film. Yeah. Because it has to be more honest, more bleak, more cynical in a way, or hmm. whatever. And then it's a different film. And it's not as enjoyable as this, but it would have been brilliant. Yeah. So, like, it's which one do you want? Do you want the one that is good company or the one that is, like, just fucking bleak and... Yeah, fucking... that, that's it. It's, it's, like, I'm, this... I'm happy what it was. Yeah, like, this movie could have been directed by Mike Lee. And then you're like... Oh. Yeah, that... <laughs> yeah, but imagine, like, it's really, like, even with Julie Walters. And... Yeah. So, like... It wouldn't be to like the wallpaper is very likely. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of sitting around a kitchen table near a kitchen sink. Um, I do like that we didn't have the actual death on screen. Yeah. We didn't have a Mr. Uh, Turner moment. Just to, to get this and I uh, hope you, you can fit this in the podcast. That is one of the fucking worst endings. Like that fucking. I was like, just cut. I don't need any more. Don't tell me this shit. And also with the music playing in the background, oh, the, yeah, the, the, the when the, the text comes in, it's like she made it to New York and then and died. Like, yeah, it's like <laughs> with, with this like Happy Elvis Costello yeah. song playing in the background. It's like what the fuck, like what the actual fuck. I kind of wanted it to end just with the shot of him on the street. Yeah, that was that was what I wanted it to end. Or, yeah. or like just go into like really like delve into grief and mm. or being part or whatever but like that kind of fucking oh i was like oh my god and even like the text over like some weird kind of like <laughs> after effects template you know like it's just just there's it that's in the background like some smoke or something and uh, i'm like no 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 it's like the end of army of shadows that is something that we will watch there's a fucking uh text on screen and it destroys you don't ask me how but it does this movie is the opposite i was like yeah. destroyed and then i started laughing uh, yeah i was like whoa who fucking it you... just ended if she drives off you know almost like a michael clayton type thing yeah. where she just looks back and then it's over yeah yeah like i was uh, half ex- expecting like the fucking uh, the director like or whatever the, the text after the, that yeah. t- trying to explain what the movie was about is like <laughs> like not having any trust for the audience is like this movie was about true love and oh age is really a number or whatever it's like oh yeah, yeah. thanks i got that cheers anyways uh that was film stars don't die in liverpool uh yes. ricardo where can they find us you can find us on facebook the recommendation game on twitter at the rec game recommendation game at gmail.com is our email address you can also find our old episodes or oldish episodes <laughs> or very old episodes uh on the dublin digital radio Mixcloud. you can also catch us every monday 11 to 12 on dublin digital radio and uh yeah that's about it i think yes cool also yeah 
great job on the zine. Or oh, on. yes. Uh, we're eventually going to work out a way to distribute it without getting sued by people. Um, <laughs> it will be available at some point, but in the meantime, the digital version is on. It's on our Facebook and it's on our Twitter as well. It's like pinned to the top so you can find it very quickly. Uh, anyways, next week's movie is Ricardo's pick. It is The Exorcist Part 3. Fantastic. Well, until then, um, we love you, Mark. And you're all right, Simon. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I was Horton McNeilis. I was Ricardo Deacon. Thanks for listening. Hello to Jason Isaacs. <laughs> <laughs>